Oh gosh, what are we doing here? Got some dark light. Just got bad camera angles coming out the wazoo, but guys, I'm back in a tank top. It's hot out there. It is hot out there. We got people joining us. Instagram friends. Okay, let's just get some business out of the way right now. I'm not going to tap on things. I'm not going to wave at you. I see some people have joined in. Very happy to have you here. Very, thank you. Yes. Thank you, Anthony. I'm waving. I'm waving literally. Um, I, I've lent out my gorilla pod to a friend, friend of the pod, uh, but uh, foolishly I made arrangements in advance. Anyway, it's Tuesday night, not Monday. What the hell is going on? Well, holiday. Uh, my phone is not in its usual secure location. Instead, it is precariously perched on a empty beer can. So I don't want to touch it too much. Uh, also, that explains why there's so much airspace. If you're watching Instagram above my head, I have very limited capacity to adjust that. So we're just going to go with this for tonight. We're going with it for tonight. YouTube looks slightly out of focus, but that's normal. It's great. And if you're listening at home, all of this is just an academic exercise that has no real value. And I'm sorry you had to sit here for this. Uh, was it nice? Did it make you feel like you were taking part? Hopefully. Hey guys, what's up? So first off, sorry, it's Tuesday, not Monday. I know I said I was going to drink, I think Ben Johnson described it as a um, expensive and useless beer or something like that. And I hinted that I was going to get some beer from the granite. Do you know what happened? Well, I didn't which is a shame because the granite makes great beer and they deliver. So my only excuse is I just kind of forgot. Uh, I was really excited about the long weekend. I had a really great long weekend at like 9.08 PM yesterday. Uh, my family and I had walked down our street to the boardwalk. We live right by the boardwalk. Uh, I'm very lucky. And uh, we were watching impromptu fireworks because of course the, uh, the official fireworks display not happening again this year. Uh, but a lot of people took it upon themselves to try and fill the gap. Uh, not as impressive, but still a nice thing. That's a nice thing to do, to have some, uh, have some fireworks, uh, even if they are just store-bought private ones. I'm fine with that. Um, so I'm just, just adjusting my microphone. I think that works. Gosh, that Instagram angle is just terrible, but we're going to work with it. Anyway, I uh, got down to the boardwalk, was sitting there having a nice time, chatting to the kids, watching some fireworks, and I got a message, somebody saying, hey, are you doing the podcast tonight? I went, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to be. I even told people I was going to, but I didn't, and I am sorry for that, so my apologies. Uh, I did have a fantastic time watching some fireworks. They weren't particularly impressive, but they were nice. Uh, and they were happening from all over to the left, to the right, further down to the right, out on the point, downtown Toronto. There's fireworks ever. We saw them probably from St. Catharines or Niagara. I'm not sure. Um, but, uh, lots of fireworks and it was a very nice time. Uh, the knock on effect is that I did not record a podcast last night and I am sorry for that. Uh, but I have broken my usual, don't drink beer Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And top secret, it doesn't take much to get me to do that. Uh, today, it was this. So, is this my first beer today? No. Is it my third? Who are you, my mother? Stop asking so many questions. It's a beer, and I'm going to drink it. Hey, what are we having? Uh, this beauty 
came in. I ordered it with my uh, Sada City beers. For those of you who joined us last week on Thursday, thank you very much. We had a very good time drinking four, count them, four different lagers. I had a sore head in the morning. That wasn't the lagers fault. It was all the other beer I drank in and around the lagers. Uh, but we had a great time, Sam and Dan and I, chatting beer, talking lagers, and uh, just Oh, gosh, even if nobody else had come to that, it was just really nice hanging out with some beer dudes and just talking shop, some technical stuff, some personal stuff. It was a really good time. So uh, hopefully some of you are able to join in on that. Uh, and if not, uh, there will likely be other things like that, especially if we're still locked down. God help us. But anyway, I ordered some beers and I included uh, two of these and I have not touched either yet. This is the first time I've had this. This is... Twin Oaks from Sawdust. Now, Twin Oaks, what do we know about it? Nothing. Nothing at all. Uh, I know that they have an IPA called Lone Pine, which I enjoy. I actually just had one uh, not immediately before this beer, but I had one earlier. Uh, and sometimes, seasonally, they make a double IPA called Twin Pines. And of course, if you're really a, a train spotter, that's a nice little uh, nod to Back to the Future. Because, of course, when he, uh, when Marty McFly meets uh, Doc Brown at the mall, it's the Twin Pines Mall. And then he goes back in time and accidentally destroys one of the two pine trees in the farmland where the mall subsequently is built and when he goes back to the future as the movie title would uh, would tell you uh, he discovers a few things have changed <laughs> i don't know if you can spoilers a movie that was made in like 1985 or whatever but uh, uh one of the things no spoilers is that the mall is now called the lone pine mall because uh, 50 in the 50s somebody knocked down one of the two twin pines um, so sawdust does lone pine which is the name of a road in muskoka and twin pines which is an homage to uh, back to the future fun fact just before we talk about twin oaks uh, if they were to make back to the future and set it right now in this time period uh Marty McFly would get into his DeLorean and go back to get ready for it, kids, the 90s. Uh, when in the 80s, he went back to the 50s. That was about 30 years. So we would be back in the 90s. If you don't feel old, I wonder why you're listening to a podcast, because you're clearly too young to be listening to podcasts. Uh, but think about that. Anyway, uh, fun facts aside, this is uh, Twin Oaks from uh, Sada City. I can tell you I haven't even stuck my smell holes into the glass yet. And uh, there is a uh, real assault, uh, an olfactory assault going on uh, with barrel characteristics. I think the term Twin Oaks is going to be alluding to the fact that this beer has spent some time in at least one, possibly two, hence the name, barrels. Uh, there is a, a metric ton of oak aroma in this room right now. And yeah, now that I've smelled it, it's interesting, actually. It's very oaky. 
It smells almost a little bit more like a golden ale or like a Belgian. Yeah, there's wicked sweet malts, something a little funky, tons of oak and vanilla, like tons. I don't even want to look at the can. I'm just going to, I'm going to pour it down my throat. Here we go. Coming with me? Come on. Mm-hmm. Mm, mm-hmm. Beer Nebosa says it looks Belgian, and I completely agree. This drinks like a Petrus. Not quite as tart, although I'm used to really old Petrus. Because I'm nothing if not a very precious hipster. I like my Petrus old. Even though it's got the word old in the name, I want it older than old. This is definitely a Belgian beer. Mmm. Mmm. Oh, yeah. 100%. Um, it's boozy, too. Uh, it's got, this is not a, this is not a beer for the faint of heart. It's probably not a beer for a fellow who typically doesn't drink on a Tuesday, but has had at least more than a few beers already and is now drinking a beer that I'm going to guess this is at least north of 9% based on my very unscientific um, assessment. Mm. So what are we doing? Yeah, yeasty phenolic characters. Really nice. Not quite markery, but bordering on markery. Uh, Venice, we're getting um, white wine grapes, uh, like Chardonnay, maybe. There's no minerality to it, so we're not going to get too attached to the Venice um, descriptors. But there's a very Venice quality to this. Um, as noted, a ton of oak. The oak is a little less vanilla-y on the palate. It's very much like wet oak. Fresh barrel kind of oak. Hmm. Hmm. That oak really... That oak really tries to take your attention, is what it does. You go... Does that taste a little bit like... Like strawberries? And the beer goes... And you're like, yeah, okay, I get it. Yeah, but strawberries, I think. Definitely some strawberries, and there are some berries, red berries anyway. Mmm. Yeah. The yeast characteristics, the thing I'm really getting hung up on. Again, it's not markery. It's a little spicy. It's very boozy. There's a... Uh, uh, cotton candy-like sugar to the malt, which is kind of pulling itself in when I'm thinking about it. Um, and, and to be clear, I'm joking around about how much the oak is shouting at me. It's not, like, I've had beers that are too oaky. This is not a too oaky beer. It's just a very oaky beer. There's definitely oak in this beer. Oh, uh, Beer in a Boza says tannic. Not at all. No, uh... No, I always associate tannic qualities with dryness or, or almost bitterness. This beer is uh, medium-bodied and sweet. No real residual sense of bitterness on the palate. Uh, fruity and tart, for sure. Uh, boozy and hot and oaky. Um, I mean, it does. It drinks like, like a Petrosold. It's what it drinks like. Uh, different. It's a different beer, for sure. But... Uh, Lots of interesting, fresh, fruity characters, oak, touch of vanilla, 
and some, yeah, again, the yeast is just really tripping me up, trying to put a, a finger on it. It's not quite markery, but it's got a markery quality, and there's definitely some spices to it, too. It's not clovey. Hmm. Mm, 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 mm. No, I'm not landing on it. I'm just not landing on it. Can't stick this landing. Sorry, guys. Uh, what you need to know. Uh, Berry-like fruity qualities, Venice. Those are like the bright, refreshing aspects of it. Oaky with just a little vanilla. There's a lot of vanilla on the nose. There's not a lot of vanilla on the palate. Um, sweet and boozy like uh, cotton candy sweet with a nice boozy boost. Yeah, this um, somewhat elusive uh, yeasty quality. It's spicy, yeah, definitely. Um, not quite markery, but it's got some phenols in it that are giving it a little something in your nose. And then the finish is hot boozy. Um, it's not cloyingly sweet, but a lingering sweetness. And uh, you're left with a sense of the oak and the berries. It's kind of what I'm left with. That's uh, what I got. Hmm. That is a very interesting, very big beer. Uh, not necessarily what I was looking for on a day when it topped out at like 29 in Toronto. But a very delicious beer. Now... Looking at the can, this is a barrel-aged Brett Golden Ale, and the Brett is what's throwing me off. It's not a straight uh, Belgian yeast. There's Brettanomyces in there, which is giving us some funk, some horse blanket. It's one of those things, as soon as you read it, I'm like, that's what I was missing on the yeast. There's horse blanket, 100%. Uh, what do we got? Hops, Idaho 7, Simcoe, Mosaic, Galaxy, Amarillo, or Amarillo if you're Canadian. Mosaic definitely can throw some berries in there. Galaxy tends to be more citrusy. Um, my main fruit experience on this beer is more like red berries. The malt is Canadian 2-row, Munich 2, and Carafoam. Munich 2 could be adding to some of that cotton candy sweetness. It's not a crystal malt, but it's a, uh, it's got some of that sugar to it for sure. Interestingly enough, the yeast is California ale, so the yeast itself is adding uh, no uh, particular uh, character. But of course, there is Brettanomyces in here. Doesn't say what strain of Brett, and that's okay. That's really deep train spottering. It also notes that there's dextrose in it, which is sugar. Dextrose is a fancy word for sugar. I don't think dextrose and glucose are directly interchangeable, but they're basically interchangeable. Dextrose is sugar from plant material, as opposed to from corn, which is fructose, uh, or uh, from grains, uh, which have been malted, which is maltose. Grains, funny enough, before they get malted, have dextrose in them, but then through enzymatic activity, they become maltose. Uh, chemistry. What a trip, eh? Did you ever take chemistry in high school? I think everybody either had to take a chem or a bio. I took a chem, and I enjoyed it. Didn't learn anything about brewing, though. Mm -mm -mm. Oh, you know what's interesting? Some of that red fruit might actually be cherry. And uh, Brett can add a, a sour cherry character through the yeast. That might be some of that tartness that I'm getting. You don't typically get like 
actual acidic tartness off of hops. So mosaic, which notably uh, tastes of strawberries to some people, um, also uh, there, there are other hops. I was going to try and list some, but let's not get into that. I mean, El Dorado tastes of lemons. Um, there are a lot of hops that have um, fruity characteristics, which is to say they share essential oils uh, that are the same essential oils that you might find in, in fruits. Um, so you will identify this tastes of melon, this tastes of strawberry, this tastes of lemon. Um, but the actual physical tartness in your mouth you don't necessarily get and and I, by necessarily I mean you actually tend not uh, to get it um, you can get a little trick played on your brain if you use one of those hops and you have an acetic quality to the beer it might appear that you've tasted that but you're not actually getting that now the difference here is Brettanomyces which can add a sour cherry taste to a beer uh, actually adds an acetic quality like, like not a quality it literally adds acetic acid um so it's possible some of that red fruit that i'm getting that i'm identifying more as like strawberry could be touching on cherry and that could be coming from the bretonomyces in this beer i don't know because i literally know nothing about this beer i just bought it on a lark I, well, here's what I can tell you about this beer. It's very delicious. It is a barrel-aged golden Belgian-style ale, which means my assessment that it tastes like Petrus, dead on. That's what Petrus is. It's a Belgian golden ale, barrel-aged. This one doesn't have a ton of heat, but it does everything else exactly what you'd expect. It's oaky, it's fruity, there's some yeast characteristic. It's a really, really nice beer. Uh, I have decanted the whole can into this cup now, so I can just focus on drinking it. Oh, we have a question here. Does their Limberlost wild beer have phenolic notes uh, from Beer in a Bozo? Does it? I'm trying to remember. I seem to remember Limberlost um, being very um, spice cupboardy spicy, which is technically um, yeast characters. Uh, but phenolic, we always think of as being like band-aid-y or plasticky. Um, uh, so I'm going to go with no, but I also need to say I haven't had a limber lost in probably two years. Uh, I don't believe the yeast has changed. I don't think they're harvesting fresh yeast every time. I think they're maintaining that strain that they uh, isolated with the help from escarpment. A fantastic project, nonetheless. But uh, <clears throat> I, I think there there might be some phenolic notes but that's not a primary taste in in limberlost if you're not familiar with limberlost and you're watching or listening uh sawdust uh went on an, excur an excursion with uh, our friends at escarpment labs a lot of sounds in here um to the limberlost forest which i believe is just north i think east of gravenhurst uh ontario and uh they harvested a bunch of plant material and um, took swabs to try and find wild yeasts. And they, they successfully landed on a strain that they've called the Limberlost strain. And I'm sure Escarpment knows exactly what's going on. It is a mixed fermentation of uh, Saccharomyces, which is yeast, and uh, some bacterias. And they make at least a few beers with it, the main one being Limberlost, they being Soda City, using this yeast, which was harvested wild and then cultured, um, 
and uh, and they use it in a controlled environment. It's not an open fermentation, but it is a wild yeast. It does all sorts of crazy things. The main thing I remember from uh, Limberlust was a powdery, like Pez-like uh, sugar acidity, uh, which I really enjoyed. Um, so that's a nice one. The other interesting one they do, I've got an empty can of it here. Spoilers, this is one of the beers I had before I started. This is the, uh, there's no way of knowing. This is the, uh, their spring saison, uh, which is can conditioned. So it's, it's final um, conditioning is done in the can, much like a lot of Belgian beers are done in the bottle, but in this case, they're doing it in the can. Um, really nice, tart, light, effervescent, spicy saison, really nice stuff. But uh, this Twin Oaks, Let's give it another sip and give it some thought. I need to think about what I'm going to eat while I uh, drink this ostensibly. I'm not actually going to eat it. I'm quite full from dinner, but thanks for asking. Hmm. You know, it's warmed up a little since my last sip. <clears throat> it's maltier for sure. Uh, interesting. Um, it says there's, um, what did we say, Munich 2? Is it Munich 2 in there? Yeah, I wouldn't have necessarily gone with Munich too, but there's a real nice malty sweetness to it. Um, it's less um, cotton candy-like now that it's warmed up a little. The other thing is the oak and the tartness have really um, amplified themselves. Um, the oak is oaky. There's not a lot to say about that. The tartness is interesting, and it makes me think that it is related to the Brettanomyces Um versus other ingredients um it's getting uh it's, it's getting quite acetic tasting as it's warming i still kind of think it tastes of strawberries as opposed to cherries but there is a cherry quality there and again a fairly notable uh biting uh um sourness touching a little bit on bitterness almost like a morello cherry which is a sour cherry but it's sour, but it also is a little bit bitter. It's not sweet at all. Um, that's sort of what this is doing. Uh, so now the question, um, what, what shall I eat uh, if I could eat anything while I drink this? Um, lobster Thermidor? No, I don't think so. That's not the right answer. It's a very complicated beer. I mean, smart money would be on just doing something kind of obvious. So go with like a strawberry rhubarb crumble because strawberry is definitely in there. Rhubarb not in there, but that sour cherry um, thing. Um, rhubarb is very sour. That's why we mix it with sweet strawberries. They balance each other out. Um, <laughs> Beer and a Bozo says, can't say banana bread, nor would I. Nor would I. Would I eat banana bread while drinking this? Of course. I love banana bread. I like this beer. We don't always have to be scientists when it comes to our pairings. Um, eat what's in front of you and drink what's in front of you. And if it isn't an amazing pairing, eh, you tried. But we're trying to make an amazing pairing here. Um, so uh, low-hanging fruit, uh, strawberry rhubarb crumble or strawberry rhubarb pie. Go with a crumble. I think you're going to get more um, grainy. Uh, um, sort of uh, interactions from the crumble versus the pie. Pie is, the, the crust in pie is actually one of my very favorite things in the culinary world. 
good pie crust. Um, but the, the actual, the main focus, and people don't understand this a lot of the time, the main focus in pie in the crust is actually the fat. Um, typically people don't even use all purpose. Or I mean, they use all purpose. They don't even use pastry flour. Uh, most good pie crusts are just the cheapest, most basic flour. Um, a little bit of liquid, and here we get into a whole... I don't want to offend your gran, but uh, milk, water, something. Um, but the key is the fat. Uh, do you use butter? Do you use lard? Um, but the, the key is it's a very fat base. It's like a flour tortilla, right? Corn tortilla is completely different. Uh, corn tortillas live and die on the corn and the preparation. Flour tortillas, um, the flour is just there to hold the fat together, basically. Um, and that's kind of like what pie crust is. It's a fat-based thing. Now, um, would a pie work here? Good question. Let me have a, another sip of beer, I'll tell you. Yeah, I think especially if you give this beer a little bit of time to warm up. I drank mine right out of the icebox. Now, my icebox isn't super cold. I think it runs at about eight degrees, um, but it's still cold enough as it's warmed a little bit because it's, I think what the kids would call hot as balls in my office, uh, that acidity has come through. That acidity will um, juxtapose the fattiness in a crust, but I don't think we need to go there. I think we would do better to have a strawberry rhubarb crumble, a uh, nice uh, brown sugar, fatty, crispy top on it. That would be, that would be a perfect, um, companion pairing, right? Where the dessert is doing a lot of things that the beer is doing, so they work well together. Um, as opposed to a pairing where you bump up against. So here's my hot take on that. Uh, again, forgiveness, uh, if you don't consume meat, like myself, in a weird way this could work really well, um, not just with uh, barbecue in general, but very specifically with pulled pork. Uh, especially if you're really careful and intentional about preparing that pulled pork over a very heavily fruited uh, hardwood. So the pork now is going to have some fruity characteristics, which there you're going to get some simpatico, right? But everything else is going to be the pork is rich and protein and fatty, and the beer, while quite heavy, no, it's not heavy, it's not heavy bodied, but I mean, it's a heavy beer. By the way, did I tell you what it was? I guess nine. It's 10.5. So it's, it's pretty boozy. Everything else about this beer is going to try and work against a, a rich, smoky pork. Fruity characteristics, beautiful. Uh, oaky, actually, that's going to tie in with the wood, too. The more I talk about this, the more I'm realizing I might be a little bit wrong. This isn't a juxtaposition. There are aspects, because the acidity of the beer is going to be a nice juxtaposition against the fattiness of the meat. Um, but in a completely different way, this would be a very cool... Again, not barbecue. I don't want you to, to get... Um, chicken thighs and and grill them on the barbecue with some Diana sauce. That's probably fine and you'll probably enjoy it. I just don't think this beer is necessarily going to work super well with that. But if you do a very traditional uh, pulled pork or m maybe ribs, 
but don't get too crazy with flavoring the ribs because ribs tend to be a vessel to pack in um, rub and, and brine and sauce. Um, but if, if, if your main focus is the meat, uh, this beer actually would probably go really well with a lot of um, traditional low and slow uh, cooked uh, barbecue pork. I think I think you'd be very happy with that if 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 barbecued pork is something you like, uh, which a lot of people do. Me, not so much. I'm gonna have mine with a strawberry rhubarb crumble, which just tastes like summer. Interestingly, this doesn't taste like summer. That oak and the the barrel characters, which also the Brettanomyces, adds a, a level of um, complexity. Um, it's not even really quite a campfire beer. This is, I'm drinking it, by the way, out of a, a tulip. We haven't even talked about its appearance. Hazy. Um, honey orange, we would call it. Uh, this isn't even, like, necessarily a campfire beer. I mean, I'm sure you'd be very happy drinking it at a campfire. I would just be happy to be at a campfire with a beer. And if this was the beer, I'd be extra happy. Um, but I don't think it's necessarily specifically suited to that, and nor is it, this isn't a hot Saturday afternoon on the dock kind of beer. That's crazy talk. Um, this is a slow sipper. There's a lot going on. You want to spend some time with it. It's a good dinner beer. Could be good with the right stew, come to think of it. Could be. It's a big beer, anyway. It's also great alone. Be great with some cheeses. You, you want something with some um, some fruity characteristics, but also a ton of funk. I think, you know, obviously a cloth-bound farmhouse-style cheddar would work well, because you'd tie into the bread with that. Um, or uh, a smoked uh, cheese, because you would get some oak character from the beer and some wood from the cheese. Could be cool. But uh, anyway, the point is to say this is not a... Uh, this isn't a, uh, a crushing beer. This is a sipping, thoughtful kind of beer. Uh, and that's what you ought to do with it. Mm. Hot damn, look at the time. We're already over 30 minutes. This isn't the first time this has happened. Oh, really grapey on that sip just now. Really grapey. And, and again, white wine grape. It's not red wine grape so much. It's very white winey uh, in its taste. Uh, and actually, to, to go back to what Beer and Bozo said, it's not tannic. It's... Um, there's a Venus quality without a tannic quality to it. Oh, and he's commented again. What did Ben say about that beer? Or was the comment in reference to another beer? Uh, I don't know if he was talking about this beer. If you want to clarify that uh, comment, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll talk about it. I don't know which beer uh, you're talking about Ben might have been speaking of. Uh, anyway, uh, that's what we're going to have. I'm going to have a strawberry rhubarb crumble. And so should you, maybe after having some sort of... Um, traditionally barbecued pork could work really well i think uh, this is twin oaks from sawdust city available right now online uh, to order i did shipped in about two days which is about what i was expecting it's a big uh, a big big beer 10.5 percent it's a closer. You don't want to have too many of these. I can tell you that for free. Uh, but this is a very tasty, uh, a Belgian golden barrel-aged style beer. Uh, my initial thoughts taste a bit like Petrus. Yep. If you had Petrus old, that's what we're talking about. Mmm. What a nice beer. Really 
not what I was expecting. I was I was expecting it to be an IPA, some sort of a, maybe a Brett barrel-y IPA. Not that at all. Completely different. Very delicious. Really nice beer. So uh, that's that's something. Uh, hey, let's uh, wrap up. Uh, as always, nothing's happening. I already did my event. It was last week. You missed it. Um, thank you to everybody who joined in. Uh, we had a ton of fun. Uh, Sam and Dan and I would have had a ton of fun if nobody showed up. But it turned out, I think about 30 people turned up. So that was a very, very nice, um, made us feel like we weren't just screaming into the void. Nice crowd. Uh, lots of interaction in the chat. That was great. Uh, you know what? I would love to do that again. Um, I mean, with Dan and Sam or with anybody else. So uh, if you've got somebody you think would like to do something like that, uh, get them in contact with me. I'm happy to <laughs> drink too many beers on a Thursday night and have a pretty rough day on a Friday uh, for the sake of that time. It was a ton of fun. Uh, what else is going on? Well, uh, today uh, is an auspicious day. Was it today or yesterday? The problem with social media, I don't pay too much attention to the timestamp. But I think it was today marks the anniversary, or it was yesterday. We're right in the time zone of uh, the killing of George Floyd, which, of course, in a way, interestingly, that so many other um, black people killed by police um, certainly sparked protests, sparked awareness. But the killing of George Floyd somehow was different. Um, and, and the protests felt different and the response has been different. Um, so I don't have a whole lot to say about it. I think you know where I stand on this. Um, black lives definitely matter. Um, and there's no qualifier on that. Black lives matter. And we need to be better and work harder to make what we say what is actually true in our society. Um, and we're nowhere near, unfortunately. Um, just regularly reminded of that fact. It's terrible. Um, but there it is. Uh, but other than that, I mean, we were talking last week about Rat Magnet on Instagram and uh, their stories of uh, sexism, but then also racism and homophobia. It exists in craft brewing. We want to believe we operate in this uh, wonderfully uh, egalitarian, utopian, like-minded society of people who just want to drink good beer, but uh, we're, we're not. Um, you know, we're not immune to statistics. And uh, there is awfulness in our industry. There, there is awfulness that we see, and we need to be better at uh, pointing to it and calling it, calling it out. As I said last week, if you have a voice that people listen to, um, use that voice to uh, draw attention to things that need to change. Um, and yeah, in the case of George Floyd, there was a, an actual conviction of a police officer who literally murdered a person. A uh, very rare uh, thing to have happen. Um, but that isn't justice for the world. That might have been justice-ish in that very specific case. But um, justice in our world is when nobody has to worry about in an interaction with the police. I was going to qualify that, but just period. Uh, if you're a person who, when you get pulled over by the police in your car, your only worry is what's going to happen to your car insurance, you probably have a voice that needs to be 
uh, advocating on behalf of people whose worry isn't their car insurance, it's whether or not they're going to see their kids again. Um, so uh, use that, as I've said. Um, point to racism when you see it. Um, you use the memory of George Floyd or any of the other dozens, hundreds, thousands, depending on how far back you want to go, um, people of color who've been killed uh, by what is, in fact, an unjust system. Um, commemorate them by being better now. That's what I want to tell you to do. And uh, as you do that, know that I'm doing it and there are other people who are doing it. Um, all the doom and gloom, and there's a ton of it, uh, there are glimmering, beautiful uh, examples of hope. And, and you can see it right on your social media. Um, you can see friends of mine like, like Ren Navarro working tirelessly to try and... <laughs> try and, and discover that, that world where egalitarian is real. Uh, the, the egalitarian ideal is real. Um, there are, there are a host of people, uh, on, on the social medias, uh, easy to find, easy to follow. Um, I, I feel like I want to list some off, but I feel like that's performative. Do your homework. Uh, start with Ren. That's my, that's my, that's the, <laughs> Ren, you're the free square in the bingo card, my love. Um, she will point you to a host of people and resources uh, that you can engage with and uh, listen and learn and then take that learning and act on it. Um, so I would invite anybody uh, listening still right now, uh, 37 minutes in, uh, that's your homework, kids, is uh, open yourself up, listen to and uh, and be willing to engage with uh, voices um, different from your own. If you're already doing that, that's great. I applaud you. Keep doing it and do it more. If you're not doing it at all, if everybody who you follow on social media looks and sounds like you, I'm sure that's a very comfortable place to be. And uh, if that's what you want to use social media for, that's your prerogative. But it is a wonderful free Actually, it's not free. They're tracking you and they want to know everything about your life, especially your shopping habits. Um, so if they're going to scrape that data from you, whether you think you're doing it for free or not, the very least you could do would be to use it as a social good. So by all means, uh, make an effort to engage with uh, the voices of people who are otherwise not listened to. Remember earlier when I said, if you have a voice that people listen to, and the subtext there, and I said it last week, was you're probably white and you're probably male. Um, if you have that voice, use your social media to listen to voices that aren't like yours, okay? Voices that are female, that are trans, that are LGBTQ2S, that are people of color, that are indigenous, right? You don't have to be doing it to answer questions. You don't have to be doing it to know what's what and the answers. You just need to listen. And I would invite you to do that. Uh, listen to podcasts made by people who don't have those voices. Oh, Instagram, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Instagram. It happened. Finally happened. Well, there's only one person watching on Instagram now. My 
my beer can tripod failed me. Uh, take some time, listen to those voices, engage with them, um, be willing to learn and to accept those experiences even when they're uncomfortable. And that's the important thing. They're going to be uncomfortable. If you're a person with a voice that people listen to, when you hear those other voices, it's going to be uncomfortable because you're used to people just listening to voices like you. And when you hear these other voices, that will be uncomfortable. But uh, live with that, uh, listen to them and learn from them and, uh, and then amplify them to the best of your possibility. Again, not in a performative way, not in a way that you're trying to claim it for yourself, but just use your platform to amplify voices, which again, I said I didn't want to do it earlier because it was performative. Follow Ren Navarro, Beer Diversity, on Instagram, on Facebook, any damn place you can find her. Um, she is a very smart, very thoughtful, very caring woman uh, who <laughs> is doing way more work than she needs to, uh, to try and make this space better for everybody. So follow those people and, uh, and, and yeah, be willing to be, uh, listening and learning people. That's a good spot to be. And, uh, that's where I try and be. I definitely don't get it right all the time, but, uh, my self check is, are you listening? Are you learning? Not are you answering, not are you understanding, just are you listening, are you learning? That's the hope. So I hope that's what you can do for the next week. Uh, hey, my camera's fallen down once. Um, still some people watching, and, and I enjoy that, and I love you all. Thank you for joining me tonight. It's been a ball. Uh, this beer is uh, Twin Oaks from Sada City, available right now at the brewery and on the webpage. Uh, highly recommend their shipping was fast and painless and easy. It was great. Uh, I would I would highly recommend it. I've got I've still got some Lone Pine in my fridge and uh, some There's No Way of Knowing. So I got some beers to keep me company. I would invite you to do the same. And until next week, uh, which will be Monday, because it's not a holiday, and I'm sorry for that. Uh, I'll join you in six days, not seven. Look at that. You missed me last night, but now you get me earlier next time. So I will see you then. Until then, take care of each other and uh, have a good week.